88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. The headlines, Baptist University researchers develop a COVID-19 alert system. Home prices fall with luxury flats being hardest hit. And official data shows mainland factory activity slipped slightly this month as China grappled with flooding. Researchers from Baptist University have developed a COVID-19 alert system that warns users who have been in contact with a confirmed case. The system works by making users scan a QR code before entering a designated venue, with the information then being stored on their own devices. If the user tests positive, the system can share information of that person's whereabouts with others who have been there in the past two weeks. The university says privacy will be protected and a trial will first be conducted on campus. Professor Guo Yaik is the Vice President of Research and Development at Baptist University. In HKPU, we want to use this place, uh, the experimental place, to actually study the social acceptance. Also, the technology advance to help the feasibility and help the actual flexibility of user systems. Easy to use is one of the very important factors for the wide acceptance. But I'm sure right, if this is effective, it will be rolled out to Hong Kong to help Hong Kong. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too difficult to deploy it. An infectious diseases expert says that mass COVID-19 testing may make authorities here more cautious, even though the government says testing will help Hong Kong open up. Professor Benjamin Cowling from the University of Hong Kong says that's because the scheme might reveal a large number of asymptomatic cases. The best thing we can hope for is zero positives. So testing hundreds of thousands of people and finding that none of them have COVID and that we weren't missing a large number of asymptomatic infections in the community because the danger for Hong Kong is that when we get down to zero cases on a daily basis, there might still be some asymptomatic cases in the community. And if we relax all the measures too quickly, then we'll have a resurgence. Meanwhile, Taipo District councillors have said five testing centres are too close to residential areas. The government announced on Sunday that Taipo Hoi Sports Centre, Taiwo Sports Centre and Hong Kong Science Park had been fully booked for the first day of testing tomorrow. Councillor Richard Chan says Taipo Hoi Sports Centre is a busy area. That sports centre, in fact, is uh, inside a, a, a complex. And inside that Taipo complex, we have several government offices, such as Home Fair Department, such as uh, our Social Welfare Department. There are a lot of people to come come in to, to, have, to receive their service. And... Um, and then the compass itself is located in the center of Taipo Market, which a lot of people living nearby. And next to the compass is a, a, a wet market, which most of people will come here to get their usual foods. As of this morning, around 480,000 people have signed up for the free mass testing. That's according to the Secretary for the Civil Service, Patrick Nip. Responding to suggestions that the scheme wouldn't rein in the outbreak if not enough people take part, Mr Nip described the arrangement as not ideal, but better than nothing in terms of identifying invisible carriers. He said making the scheme compulsory would have been too complicated. Lawmaker Marfun Kork has called on the government to provide financial support for people working in the sporting and cultural sectors, which he represents. He says more venues should be allowed to operate with social distancing and health measures in place. He said government support had been far from enough. Many of the uh, practitioners are facing fatal conditions 
because they had lost their means of earning for almost nine months. And many of those can't even get a single cent subsidy or support from the government. Four members of the League of Social Democrats have been given fixed penalty tickets by the police for allegedly violating the gathering ban as they headed to Beijing's liaison office in Western to demand universal suffrage. The group held a demonstration near the office this morning to protest against a decision handed down by the central government exactly six years ago, which would have effectively allowed Beijing to screen candidates in a chief executive election. The decision was eventually voted down in LegCo. Police say they have handed out 36 fines yesterday to people in Prince Edward and Moncock accused of breaching the two-person gathering limit. It came as dozens of protesters gathered at two shopping malls in Moncock and the and at the Prince Edward MTR station yesterday to mark the police storming of the train station during anti-government protests on August the 31st last year. Police also arrested a 16-year-old and a 39-year-old man after they found imitation firearms and batons during their stop-and-search action in Moncock. Official figures show private home prices slipped last month after two months of increases. The Rating Valuation Department says prices dropped by half a percent. Prices for luxury flats over 1,700 square feet saw a larger fall than smaller flats. Overall, prices slipped by more than 2% year-on-year. But rents for private flats rose slightly last month by about 0.6%, with flats about 700 to 1,000 square feet seeing the fastest growth. The Venezuelan president, Nicolas Maduro, says the coronavirus vaccine developed by Russia will be tested on volunteers in the country in the next few days. The vaccine known as Sputnik V has been criticised by scientists because it was developed so fast and Russia has shared little information about it. It's BBC's Candace Piet. While many scientists have expressed unease about the Russian vaccine, it's hardly surprising that Venezuela should give its support. Moscow has long been a key ally of President Nicolas Maduro, as was Hugo Chavez before him. Venezuela is also a fierce critic of the US and sits conveniently for the Russians right in America's backyard. Caracas is also hugely in debt to Russia, which has doled out millions of dollars to help prop up the Maduro government. Three-year-old girl in Taiwan is safe after being carried nearly 30 metres into the air by a kite. Little girl became entangled in the kite's tail and was lifted off the ground by a strong gust of wind, as the BBC's Jessica McCallan reports. The toddler became entangled in the kite's tail at a festival in the city of Xinchu and was whooshed into the sky by a strong gust of wind. Viral footage of the incident shows the girl being carried through the air at high speed for several seconds as onlookers watch helplessly from the ground. As the girl lands, several adults catch her. Local news reports said the three-year-old was frightened but suffered no physical injuries. Authorities are looking into whether there were any safety breaches at the kite festival, which allowed the girl to become caught up in the material. More than 20 people are in hospital with carbon monoxide poisoning after attending a rave in an underground bunker in the Norwegian capital Oslo. Police say the party was discovered when a patrol came across a group of young people acting confused on Sunday. Several more then emerged from a bunker and asked for an ambulance. Authorities believe the poisoning was caused by portable generators. Two of the 25 victims are thought to be police officers who attended to the partygoers. A senior official in Wisconsin says the United States doesn't want a visit from President Trump. 
tomorrow. The White House said the president would survey damage from recent riots in the city of Kenosha, where the police officers shot an unarmed black man, Jacob Blake, a week ago. Wisconsin's Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, a Democrat, said the president wasn't welcome in Wisconsin. And Chris Larson, the Democratic state senator, echoed the governor's response. I think uh, most of us who have been trying to, to hope that the community would heal, uh, that we would be able to find a way to get the, the two sides speaking and be able to uh, find a way forward are pretty, pretty horrified. Given that his one of his main advisors has said publicly that they think that violence and the rioting is, is good for him politically. The acting head of the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, says all options are on the table to resolve violent protests in Portland, Oregon. Speaking to the U.S. network ABC, Mr. Wolf refused to rule out sending federal forces back to the city from where they were withdrawn in July. We've been asking the governor and others to send in the National Guard to address the violence so that you don't have dueling demonstrations. You don't have this violence that uh, occurs night after night after night on the streets of Portland. So we need them to do their job. We need them to step up. And if they can't or they don't have the ability or the resources, ask the federal government. We'll provide those uh, resources as we've done in Wisconsin and others so that we can address any violence. The number of confirmed coronavirus cases worldwide has passed 25 million, with more than 840,000 people now known to have died from the disease. Here's the BBC's Tom Harrigan. These figures mark another grim milestone in the pandemic, with several nations seeing further growth in their infection rates. Almost 40% of all COVID-19 cases have been reported in the United States, where 182,000 people have died, and Brazil, which is only the second country to record more than 120,000 deaths. This morning, India has confirmed the world's highest one-day rise in infections, with well over 78,000 new cases. The Hamas authorities have sealed off a refugee camp in Gaza City and are forcing people to stay indoors in a bid to contain a spike in coronavirus infections. The coastal enclave has recorded 177 cases of the disease in the past week. Eyewitnesses said trucks dropped cement blocks across the roads leading into and out of the camp. Police are also roaming with loudspeakers warning residents not to leave their homes. China says it has launched an anti-subsidy investigation on some wine imports from Australia, two weeks after announcing it had begun an anti-dumping probe on such imports. Investigations come against a backdrop of increasing tensions between the two countries after Canberra called for an international inquiry into the origins of the novel coronavirus, which was first detected in Wuhan. Official data shows mainland factory activity slipped slightly in August as the country grappled with the fallout from widespread floods. The Purchasing Managers Index, a key gauge of manufacturing activity, fell slightly to 51 from 51.1, which was still above the 50 mark, separating growth from contraction. In February, the index plunged to 35.7 points after the coronavirus brought much of mainland China to a standstill. Non-manufacturing PMI came in at 55.2 points, up from 54.2 in July. Stocks a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,572. That's 330 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $80 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.62 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 19 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 34 cents. Sport now, and here's Atom Chung.
We start with golf and an incredible finish at the BMW Championship in Illinois. Last month's world number one, John Ram, made a sensational birdie putt from 66 feet to beat the current world number one, Dustin Johnson, in the playoff. The two stars exchanged great shots down the stretch before Ram clinched the title with what could go down as the shot of the year. I've said many times I process things so after the fact that I can't really explain. I think... Uh, I think I'm still in the playoff hall mentally. Uh, still can't believe what, what just happened. Uh, what you know, what happened the last hour of play. Uh, you know, especially from my 15th hole on, making birdie on that hole with a six iron as my third shot, and then birdie the par three and, and have chances in the last two. And uh, well, you know that stress of waiting for DJ, him making the pot, going on the playoff, me making the pot, then you know trying to stay mentally in it just in case he made the next pot. Uh, it's been a roller coaster, but. Uh, so much fun. I think the best way I can explain it is it was just a lot of joy on the golf course today for me. On the ladies' tour, Austin Ernst rallied from four shots down to beat Anna Norquist on the final day to win the Arkansas Championship for her second LPGA title. Ernst closed with an eight under par 63 to seal victory by two shots. I feel great. I mean, it, it hasn't fully sunk in, um, but to get my, my second win out here, um, I always knew that I could win more than one, but to actually do it um, means a lot. And to shoot 20 under in three days, I played unbelievable golf, um, and I'm just so happy that I got the win. To the NBA playoffs, where the Boston Celtics rode at the Toronto Raptors in the opening game of their conference semifinal series. The Celtics jumped out to a 16-point lead after the first quarter, and they went on to win 112-94. Jason Tatum, who had 21 points for the Celtics, believes the team will not crumble like they did in the second round last year. Just won a game. They had to bring last year up. Uh, <laughs> This is different. I mean, this is just a different environment, different team. Um, you know, obviously, we remember we won you know, the first five games of the playoff last year, and then we lost four in a row. Um, but you know, last year's behind us. This is just this is just, this is different all around. Um, you know, we know it's not going to be easy. You know, they did defend the champ for a reason. Um, you know, we just got to take it one game at a time. The Los Angeles Clippers are through to the second round after beating the Dallas Mavericks 111-97 to clinch the series in six games. Kawhi Leonard led LA with 33 points. Luka Doncic had a game-high 38 points in defeat. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top story once again. Baptist University researchers develop a COVID-19 alert system. And that's the news from RTHK.
Monday. Welcome to the 123 show on RTHK Radio 3. I'm sitting in for the incandescent Noreen Mir today. I'm Cruz McCallaghan. I'll be with you until 3 o'clock till our pal Steve James jumps in the hot chair. Now, Monday's 123 show. I'm particularly proud of the first pun. Um, we're going to be getting into the sting of things with Dr. Stefano Canici from the School of Biological Sciences at HKU because we're talking about jellyfish at 1.30. I'm so excited. Then Nate Solier is on the line to chat about the positive and negative ways that COVID-19 has changed the world of fitness. That's just after 2pm. Then we're going to head into our latest trash talk with Marcy Trent Long at 2.30 and now it's a little bit of a back to school celebration um, but before we get to, to chatting about jellyfish this is Matt Nathanson and Modern Love She said this talking kind of wears me out all oh, these salesmen they make me tired 